1: And now, your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala.
2: But the uh, President of the United States just ordered for uh, all flags to be lowered to half staff and. Um, You know, when I told Justice Scalia the first time that I was going to be a father, after he congratulated me, he said, you know, you're never as vulnerable as when you're a parent. And I I didn't know what he meant, and I was a little disappointed that those were his words of wisdom. But when you get hit with stories like the one that took place today in Texas, in Uvalde, Texas, a a town, a town, it's a little, little town, 16,000 people I don't know if it's an exaggeration if I say on the block where my office is located, where I am right now on 45th Street, between uh, 5th and 6th, with just the skyscrapers here. There may be 16,000 people close to it on this block. This is a tiny little town uh, outside of San Antonio, Texas, where, I mean, you know, we talk about the shootings in, in the New York City subway where there are millions of people. This is a tiny little town. And um, you have you if there's anywhere you're going to feel safe, if there's anywhere you're going to feel like you know, okay, nothing's going to happen here. You would think that that would be the place in Texas, right? Uh, there and look at this. I mean, there are 14, 15 families because there's 14 students. There's sec- this this a school that has the Rob School, uh, R O B B. That it's an elementary school. Apparently, it services. Second to second graders to fourth graders, Um, 14 of them are gone. And then there's a teacher that's gone and there's at least two police officers that seems like they're going to be okay, but they're injured. But when you're a parent and you find this out, you know, it's. I don't know. I mean, I, th- now I know what Justice Scalia meant when he said you're never as vulnerable as when you're a parent, because you think you you yourself you know you're fine. You know I can handle it, but your child. I mean that's your kryptonite. You just heard Katzamantidis, you know, quoting Superman: Truth, Justice, and the American Way. But what brought crypt- uh, what brought Superman to his knees was kryptonite. Well, what brings a parent to their knees? It's their child. And even in these movies, right? I mean, it's always about if they they want to get the tough guy. Whether the tough guy is Mel Gibson or, or um, Liam Neeson, or it's, you know, it's all about we're going to go after the kid. You know, the, the movies where they going after the president of the United States, they're always going well. They're going to go after his child, uh, and you know, I I just I will tell you this: I was blessed to be the uh, legal analyst for on the Fox News Channel for twelve years, but the worst story by far. There wasn't a close second was when Geraldo asked me to go to Connecticut to Sandy Hook School in New Newtown, Connecticut, where they those children were killed. It was even they were even worse. Um, those were twenty children and there were six adults. And the, the, the shooter himself was killed and he shot those kids after he shot his mother in her in her own home. Um, that was the worst the worst story I ever covered. I went with Geraldo up to the town in Newtown, Connecticut. It was right around Christmas. It was December 14th. I think we were there the next day, the 15th or the 16th. Um, I, I mean, I remember the memorials, uh, you know, that were all set up in the town. It's a beautiful little town. And there were all the little children's pictures. And they were five- and six-year-olds. And my son, Luca, was five years old. And I'll never forget, there was a child there whose birthday was, I believe, five or six days before Luca and it was a boy, just like Luca is a boy. And I'm looking at this little kid's picture that's now in this makeshift memorial and there's candles all over the place. And, you know, this was, I think, after I did my hit with Geraldo on the television and I I just got on my hands and knees, like all like on my hands and knees and just like praying and crying and like, my God, you know, number one, this could be me, but it's not me, but, but I'm not that selfish. And and th- these poor parents, and these poor parents, they're in this like little beautiful little house on the prairie, little town up in Connecticut. These people are, and, and I'm, I'm just reading now that it's, the school is 90, 90% Hispanic uh, down here in, in Uvalde, uh, Texas. You, you know, these families just, I, I can't imagine right, this because this is a crime that's hours old, minutes old. And the kids are still, allegedly are still at school, the, the living children. And now they're setting up a system for the parents to come and pick them up. And the shooter is, is dead. Um, but boy, oh boy. Uh, and I have to tell you, I'm not, not going to give us any credit. But we had lined up before this happened. <laughs> we lined up a guest for the next hour. Uh, Dr. Nina Agrawal, who she specializes um, in... Uh, gun violence solutions. She's a certified pediatrician and she's an author and she's an advocate. And, and her whole thing is, is dealing with children and guns and gun violence and, and preventing children from using guns. Um, and in this type of way, I mean, I just don't know what to say. The, the story I was going to report upon, cause I was down in, in the courthouse today when it was announced, they found the guy uh, or I should say he surrendered who um, is going to be accused of shooting the poor Goldman Sachs guy who's riding the subway at 11 o'clock in the morning in New York City. Not that you would think you're in harm's way at 11 a.m. on a Sunday in Canal Street in New York City. You wouldn't think that you're really you're going out on a limb. I mean, I rode the subway today. I at at what I don't know what time it was three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, I don't think I was putting my life at risk by doing that. I am positive that this Goldman Sachs executive, an NYU uh, graduate, did not think forty-year-old man, forty-something-year-old man, did not think he was putting his life at risk by riding the subway at eleven o'clock in the morning on Canal Street, which is a very usually busy station, and and he's dead, uh, executed. But I guess the, if you if you want to stretch your imagination, you could say, "Well, it's a big city. There's millions of people. There's nut jobs around." But when you're in this little town in Texas with 16,000 people, this tiny little school, uh, who in God, who could even imagine that this would would happen? And it's I mean, it's just. Uh, oof. I, uh, I'm a little upset and I guess again uh, this is where I go back to you know Justice Scalia telling me you're never as vulnerable when you're a, as, as when you're a parent you know even though I thank God my God that it's not my child but you you feel a different level of pain when you are a parent because you can now identify on another level of just trying to conceive the emotions of losing your child of saying goodbye uh, that more, you know, saying, all right, have a good day at school, and you, then you're not going to see them again. You know, in Sandy Hook, they did some, the parents did something very uh, interesting. Uh, they they sued Remington, the gun man- manufacturer, saying that their Bushmaster rifle was not intended for private use. It was intended for military use. And the, it really w- wove uh, through the entire legal system. First it was in state court, then it was moved to federal court, then it was dismissed, then it went to the uh, Supreme Court of Connecticut, uh, then the Remington tried to get the United States Supreme Court to hear it, United States Court refused to hear it, and eventually they settled for $73 million with those families, and those families would give double, triple, quadruple that money back to have their kids, who today would be Luca's age, 15 and 16 years old, uh, wow. You know, this is, this is devastating and we, we better all be devastated. We cannot get into a groove where, oh, this is like normal. We're going to have a mass shooting here and a mass shooting there. And a like, this is, I mean, people getting shot on the subways and people, you know, we have to rise up and say that, that we're not going to, you know, we're not going to deal with this and we have to, uh, We have to fight with every bone in our American body. And you have to remember this when you go to the voting booth and you have to get out there and vote and don't sit on your butt. And I'm not telling you who to vote to for, but you got to vote. I mean, the number of active shooter incidents across the United States increased more than 50 percent in 2021 compared to 2020. I mean, and it resulted in the highest number of deaths since 2017. I mean, these are real numbers that coming out of the FBI. Um I don't have the answers, but I know the answer isn't us sitting back. I know the answer. I mean, Mayor Adams uh, needs to look at the blueprints of Rudy Giuliani and of of Mayor Bloomberg and those. in That's Ray, Bill Bratton, Ray Kelly, and even the beginning of the Blasio and Bill Bratton. And he doesn't need to reinvent the wheel. He just needs to maybe tweak it a little bit, tighten it up a little bit, and and use the blueprint to make New York a safer place. We're going to come right back with De- with Dr. Nina Agrawal, who is going to address children and guns. Don't go anywhere. So, obviously, uh, <laughs> if there's these, these incidents that bring to the forefront that you never know when something is going to happen. You never know when something bad is going to happen. It's something like happened today. And, you know, uh, without making light of it in any way, shape or form, it's a perfect example of why you should have your personal estate and your personal affairs in order. Um, You should do it for yourself and you should do it for your family. You know, there's a 66-year-old teacher who was killed today um, who uh, was probably fit as a fiddle, uh, loving life, teaching students, making them the best people they could be who's no longer with us so um you know don't hesitate use this as maybe an impetus to say look you never know you never know when my time is up and you should call our friends at connor's and sullivan they'll put your whole estate together they'll make sure everything is in order you know one thing that people don't realize they need to do anymore or nowadays you need to put a a whole list of your passwords so that if people want to get into your accounts to to look at what money left behind or look at where your safe deposit box is located or whatever, the alarm code for your house, um, that's something that and Sullivan will actually put in a document for you in your will uh, uh, or in some side letter that your next of kin or your loved ones will have. So don't hesitate. These are people who you should trust, you can trust. They've been doing this for 40 years. They know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about. Call Connors & Sullivan today. They'll give you a free in-person consultation at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. They have offices in Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. Or just visit their website at connorsandsullivan.com.
3: Balance of nature is fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I don't eat enough fruits and vegetables. I know I don't. I mean, I try, but how much can you really shove in your face during the day? So the best solution for me is balance of nature, which I really feel better with it. So, I mean, ever since I got the first bottle of it, I take my three of each, you know, every day. I have a lot more energy than I had in a long time because of the balance of nature. I feel a lot more peppy and I have a little more endurance. You know, I feel a lot better. I do. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call one eight hundred two four six eight seven five one, or go to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code BALANCE.
4: Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Freehold
1: Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Now in stock in all trim levels and all with the flexibility of third-row seating. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. Freehold Mitsubishi com or call seven three two eight six three two seven eight
4: eight
0: forty one 41 shots and we'll take that ride.
2: this show i was gonna i said i'm gonna try to be upbeat and positive and and give you guys a great ride home or a great time while you're cooking dinner or whatever you're doing and um i also promise to be you know genuine and and sincere uh which i I promise you i always am even to the detriment sometimes of me and people around me but uh you know it's i'm not gonna be happy today it's um since I saw this on my phone earlier today, we were in court, and to be honest with you, Imran, Imran, my partner, won a great case in in civil court, and I feel bad because I think he could sense I wasn't my normal uh, energetic, jubilant self as I should have been. Um, we actually tried the case for another law firm, which he made it even better because. We kind of showed off to our colleagues uh, the, the firepower that I'll offer him has. And I got to watch my two judges argue in court today, Judge Leventhal and the, my retired judges. And, but, you know, before I'm a lawyer, <laughs> before I'm anything, uh, to be honest with you, at this point in my life, my most important job is being a, a father. And all you want to do when you're a parent is protect your child I mean, that's, uh, and I'm not, uh, yes, it goes across all cultures, but the the culture I was raised in and watching the example of my, not only my parents, but of my grandparents, you know, the whole universe uh, revolved around your children and doing the best that you can for your children. Look, look, my great, great grandparents, or uh, I'm sorry, my great grandparents who came here from Sicily, they didn't do that for themselves. They did that for their kids. Uh, my my wife's grand uh, grandparents they actually had things okay in sicily but they knew there were more opportunity for their two sons if they came over to america these were sacrifices that you made for your children and it was it was all part of the uh, over and under the umbrella of protecting them and giving them the best life possible and you would think i'm going to send my kids to a elementary school in a small town in texas Probably one of my parents are working their tails off because the view that i 'm getting is this is kind of a blue collar town um, this uh, Sandy Hook in in Connecticut, I think was a little bit more an upscale community, but it, it, you know in both communities, parents who love their children probably more than anything else in the whole world have have suffered the worst fate that any parent can have. You know, you're not supposed to lose your child. It's against the natural order. It's not supposed to happen. Um, I think I have Ernie from uh, Rockland County on the line. Ernie, what do you have to say? Uh, thank
4: you for your, your your show today, actually. And I wanted to point out, you said something very, very important about parents. And you said that this affects parents at a, a much different level. And I want to say that that is a profound statement because when you, when you're a parent, you of one kid you're a parent of every kid and this this has to end and it's only going to end one way we need to stop it and this is the way we stop it these video games are shoot to kill video games that have embedded in our society in our kids we've taken fatherhood out of being fathers out of the father the structure and we've given them video games These are murder training films, and it keeps happening again and again. Here we go. Another kid. This is an outrage. These games have got to be stopped. And just like when disco died, they put them all on the ball field and they ran them over with steamrollers, okay? That's what's got to happen because, as you can see, this violence is the export of America. It's our number one media entertainment export is violence. And look at what what has taken place now. It has diluted and tarnished our society. And parents must come forward and just see that. And here's the trick, and here's the lawsuit, and I hope you'll take us up on this, okay? Because you cannot depict a qualified product's misuse. That's it. It's one sentence. There's our suit. Please take this up. You cannot depict a firearm as a qualified product, and it cannot, you cannot depict its misuse, and that's what all these games do, and that's what's happening. And, sir, I'm a parent. I'm about to be a, I'm a grandparent, and parents, this affects every single person, but yet nobody knows what to do. This well, violence has impeded our society. So thank you, sir. Thank you for no, letting
2: me share that. I appreciate it. And, and to be honest with you, I, I don't think I could have a better guest on the line right now than Dr. Nina Agrawal, who is a certified board certified pediatrician. She's an author. She's an advocate. And her uh, something that she is very well versed on is going to talk to us about is basically gun violence amongst ch- young people and whatever, whatever, Whatever potential potential solutions there are. Um, Dr. Nina, I just want to start off. I'm assuming you just heard what our, what our caller just said and how video games and, and, you know, Call of Duty and all these video games that are Tomb Raider where kids are just learning to shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot. I was at an arcade with my son. Uh, this weekend, this Sunday, and you know, next to Pac Man and Ski Ball and Space Invaders, literally, you know, there was the the Walking Dead game where you're shooting a crossbow, and there was the Tomb Raider game where you're shooting a a handgun, and there was one other game where you're shooting a rifle. Um, and at home with the Nintendo and the Playstations, they're shooting away. What effect, um, Doctor Nina Agrawal, does does those that that indoctrina- indoctrination of you know guns and and that kind of gun violence, does it have on young people today?
3: Well, thank you for having me. This is uh yeah, it's a crazy uh, crazy time, a crazy day, but not shocking. Um, good question about uh, video games. Believe me, as a pediatrician, I don't recommend them. When I hear about you know, kids watching or using the Call of Duty and their parents doing it with them. I don't think that's the best use of time with your child, nor is it a productive activity, I think. As far as translation to being the child who's going to go shoot up 14 people in an elementary school or the child who shot Buffalo, the video games, according to the research the video games um, are not necessarily associated with a risk of um, violence to that, a risk of violence. Um, So they've looked at um, other countries where children play violent video games and they don't have the, 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 the amount of gun violence we do. Our difference is that we have a lot more guns than those same countries that have those same video games.
2: So, uh, but I, I I understand what you're saying that we have more guns, but in many places of the world, if a, someone really wants a gun, they could you know find out a way to get it. So I'm just trying to figure out what your you know what your thesis is. Is it what? Why are we having this epidemic in America? I, I read earlier that um, you know mass shootings are up fifty percent. For between 2021 and uh, tw- in tw- they were up 50% in 2020 com- they were up 50% in 2021 compared to 2020 um, obviously the the monkey wrench in all of this is COVID and how that affected it. but based on your research and based on your studies uh, I'm going to ask you a hard question if you're going to sit down with the President of the United States and he's like Dr. Nina Agrawal you know you're a board-certified pediatrician. You studied gun violence. Tell me, as the president of the United States, what should be my immediate plan, my one-year plan, and my five-year plan on how to stop gun violence in New York, in America?
3: <laughs> That's a big question, um, but I appreciate it. It, it, it. Gun violence is a public health problem. And what does that mean? It means we address it like we address COVID. There's no one way to address it. You know, with COVID, we had to do testing, we had to do masking, we had to do so many different things. And for each age, there was a different thing, young children, older people. There wasn't one way to do it. So there isn't one solution to this problem. So when we look at something like a public health problem, we have to research it. We have to figure out what works and what doesn't work. And what people don't know is that since 1996, there's been a ban um, b- imposed by Congress um, on the CDC from doing gun violence research. So we are, you know. Wait, did you say, the- doctor?
2: you say there's been a ban on doing it?
3: Yeah, so the, in 1996, what happened was is there was, or 1994, there's a study came out in the New England Journal of Medicine that said that if you were to own a gun, you're more at risk from getting harmed by that gun um, than you were to defend yourself against a perpetrator. It increased risk of homicide and suicide amongst the people in the home. And so the apparently the NRA was not happy please, with the, this, uh, this article. And they commissioned Representative Dickey of Arkansas at the time to, um, uh, to put together language, which is this appropriations writer. And it, what the language is, the CDC. Can, uh, no funds could be used by the CDC to promote or advocate for gun control. And at that same time, Congress removed whatever funding was being used for gun violence um, prevention and said, you know, look, you need to earmark it for concussions. And so the CDC lost all funding and lost ability to find solutions. You know, look at COVID. The CDC just works nonstop to try and get, uh, find solutions. We didn't have the same thing with gun violence. And what's happened is that now guns are the number one cause of death in all children in the United
2: States. It used to be motor vehicle accidents. Now it's guns. Wow. 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 And, uh, again, I'm putting you on the spot, but is that, does that have to do with, like kids finding guns in the house or does it have to do with the 11 year old in New York city who was shot last week by a random, by a stray bullet
3: there, like you had said, you know, it it has something to do with COVID. There's a lot of stress um, that happened with COVID, but um, the concrete uh, part is that gun sales went up tremendously in early January of, uh, last year. So that was, you know, in conjunction with, you know, January 6th and it was in conjunction with, you know, the, the race riots that were going on. People were getting scared and, you know, it went up by, you know, something like 100% gun sales. So there are a lot of guns out in circulation. And while COVID's getting better, those guns are still out there and, and everybody's using them.
2: Can you tell us a little bit about what's known as the red flag law?
3: The red flag law is um, is technically named the extreme risk protection order. And it's a law that we have in New York State and that may have protected uh, the, the the people that died in Buffalo. And it, it exists in many other states. Um, Connecticut has found that it would reduce lives from, from suicide. And how it works is that if a family member, law enforcement, or in New York schools find that somebody is at risk of harm to themselves or others, um, they can petition the court to have uh, a gun removed from possession of of that individual. And if... um, in the Buffalo shooters, he was known to mental health. And I believe he was known to law enforcement before he committed the shooting. So there was opportunity to pursue, um, uh, the ERPO in him and, and have somebody go to the home law enforcement, go to the home and remove any guns from his possession.
2: So ERPO is extreme risk protection order. So this law has been on the books since August of 20, 19 and basically it means that i'm just trying to break it down for the listeners if law enforcement identifies whether on their own or through a school authority or someone else someone who's you know writing crazy things on the internet or just saying crazy things to people that gives law enforcement the right to do what it
3: gives them the right to petition the court you present the evidence to the court and say hey i think this kid is a risk of harm to himself or others and and if he I mean, if the court says yes then go to the home and and remove the gun if there is a gun in the home
2: so i just want to make sure all of our listeners understand this and you know my my law partner judge Barry Cammons, he writes the book on search and seizure and that a lot of it has to do with search warrants and it's a similar similar thing if you, If a police officer sees something, let's say through a window or see someone having what appears to be a gun or drugs and walking into a house or m- more likely it's a confidential informant who says I was in this place and I saw they had cocaine and they had scales or they had guns and they had ammunition, they then go to a, a court under an emergency, usually an emergency type of condition, and that individual testifies quickly before a court before a court, there's no jury, there's no defense attorney or defendant. It's just someone saying, listen, we are going to, we are asking you, Your Honor, to allow me to violate their Fourth Amendment right to unreasonable search and seizure and let us go into the home and take the drugs or let us go into the home and take the guns or any other evidence of criminality. So what Dr. Nina Agrawal, who is a certified, board-certified pediatrician and has been focusing her studies on gun violence solutions, what she's saying is on the books is the red flag law, which is if a school or um, so some other law enforcement or agency identifies someone who clearly is indicating uh, a risky behavior, they could take this in front of a judge and the judge can authorize entrance into the home and removal of the weapons. Is my, am I right about that, Dr. Nina? Yes, yeah,
3: yes.
2: And is it also... Do they have any other rights? In other words, if, if, if law enforcement t- comes in front of a judge or a school, a school official or a psychologist and says that, listen, I think this person is mentally uh, – has a, me- a mental dis- disease or defect, does it allow any type of – does the red flag law allow for uh, you know, taking the person in and, and committing them for some sort of at least 72-hour mental evaluation?
3: No, unfortunately not. It doesn't translate to mental health services. It, it's sort of, it's just removing the firearm. In New York, we have the New York Safe Act, and that is um, an act in which psychiatrists, if they establish somebody's at risk for harm to themselves or others, and they believe that somebody has a firearm, they can report that, that individual.
2: Wow. The um, let me just ask you this question. Um, it's actually one of our listeners who uh, he wanted me to ask you the connection between parents in the home and the crimes committed by these young people. Uh, is there any correlation in your studies between bad parenting and young people committing crimes? Yes, for sure. So uh,
3: when children are exposed to violence like family violence community violence when they're exposed to violence you know they they take on behavioral problems emotional problems learning problems um and then you know by adolescence you know they have the ability to do something with those problems and perhaps harm themselves or others we're seeing a mental health crisis in this country and it didn't come out of nowhere right it came out of somewhere some kids get depressed some kids get anxious and some kids get violent um, and it, it's really sad because what could we have done earlier, you know, as schools, as community, as neighbors, as parents, to recognize these kids earlier on and gotten them help earlier on so they wouldn't go on to commit crimes? So in the literature, finds, studies found that children um, who, expose, who are exposed to gun violence also come from homes where there's little parenting support. I don't know what went on in these homes, you know, and and it is important for us to know so that we can tackle it, you know, or educate parents on how to better support children and create safer environments, whether it be home in the community or at school.
2: Well, Dr. Nina Agrawal, I just I can't thank you enough. I mean, we we booked you last night when we saw you at Dr. Carrie Tochi's graduation event and, uh, you know. Sadly, your your you became your topic today became so much more relevant than it was uh mere 24 hours ago with these poor families who our hearts break for. Um, I I hope to have you back again, Doctor Inagrawal. You were just wonderful, and you're so knowledgeable about a subject that is so so near and dear to our hearts, um, and, and an issue that really needs to be tackled one way or the other so thank you so much and um, I will uh, I'll be talking to you soon doctor
3: thank you so much Arthur
2: nice nice to be with you okay that was Dr. Nina Agrawal we went a little long on that but we will um, we'll take a short break and um, we're going to come back um, with a, a, an author of a book um, we'll try to change the pace just a little bit uh, although it's an, about another devastating uh, piece of American history, it's um, it's a story about World War II. Um, Harold Frank's World War II story of faith and courage. He's the last of the 357th Infantry, and we wanted to do this in honor of Memorial Day. We'll be right back.
3: Before Bamboo HR, (laughs) I feel like crying just
4: thinking about it. We were still handling everything via paper, and we literally had
6: By traveling to Israel this year. Sign up today for the thrill and excitement of visiting the Holy Land this November with nationally syndicated media host Dr. Sebastian Gorka and renowned author and filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com for details and to register. On the tour, you'll step into history with mouth-watering cuisine, picturesque scenes, and magnificent people while visiting over 40 iconic sites and sacred places you've only read and heard about for years. Pray at the Western Wall in Jerusalem, float in the mineral-rich Dead Sea, and take a boat onto the middle of the Sea of Galilee as you experience something transforming in your life. Call 855-565-5519 to reserve your spot. Again, visit StandWithIsraelTour.com to book your trip today.
4: Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. The Arthur Idala
1: Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000 mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit freeholdmitsubishi.com or Call 732 863
6: 2788. We're back
1: to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, Attorney Arthur Idala.
2: Well, you know, we've been talking about guns and weapons and uh, assault weapons. You know, there is a place for those weapons and. There was a tremendously useful place for those weapons. Um, many, many years ago, many decades ago now, uh in World War Two, the uh the M nineteen uh, BAR, which stands for wait, I I know that I knew that what is a second? Um, my our guest will tell us in a second, but I oh my god. All right, Mark Hager, the B A R stands for the Browning Automatic Rifle, correct?
5: That's what they say in the civilian world, yes. <laughs>
2: Okay, so we're talking to Mark Hagar. He's a historian. (laughs) uh, He's an author. uh, And his newest book is The Last of the 357th Infantry. uh, His Memorial Day weekend, I believe your book tomorrow, uh, I mean, what is it, Monday that comes out. It's Harold Frank's World War II Story of Faith and Courage. Tell us, Mark Hagar, who's Harold Frank?
5: Harold Frank is a... um... Grew up very, very, very poor in, say, rural Davidson County, but I know that may not help some of the people listening, say, in the western Piedmont of North Carolina. And um, he um, had to uh, really work hard and keep the family afloat through the Great Depression and then got drafted um, into World War II. But um, he... From six years of age, uh, I heard you talking just briefly, was raised around um, before you could ever shoot any firearm, you first had to know how to take it apart and put it back together and know how it operates, and the same with the farm equipment. That was just life back back then. Before you go and, and, and take a piece of equipment and use it, you need to know it so you know what to do or what not to do to keep it from breaking.
2: Mark, let me just let me just interrupt yeah. you right there, Mark Hager, just yeah. to show you how how the world has changed, because you're so correct that that's how things used to be. And yep. my wife recently, we just leased a new car and this car, it seems like it could launch the space shuttle. We don't know anything that it could do except like we put it in drive and it goes forward. Um, years ago you would sit down and you would like devour the owner's manual except now the owner's manual is either 500 pages or some digital thing that you have to look up and, and it's not a good thing I, I have no problem telling you it is, it is literally it's not a good thing but yes the time of which you have of which you speak my grandfather told me when he had his model a Ford you know he knew how to take the whole thing apart and put it back together again the way you describe. So uh, Harold Frank comes from that generation where before you touched a before you fired a weapon, you knew how to take it apart and put it back together and you knew everything about it.
5: That's exactly correct. And and what you just said at the beginning, that was a great monologue about what you're facing today. That's that's the direction I have with the book. Um, the more I listen to him speak and. Realized what he had to do as a child. I mean, it, it wasn't an argument. This is to survive. This is what you're going to have to do in this family. And there wasn't complaining. This is this is just the normal operating procedure. And that I backed up with the book. I said, you know what? I've looked, being a historian, a military veteran myself, and I said this approach on this story about. This guy is the last of the three infantry, came in at Utah Beach, and then fought uh, about four different battles. Um, amazing story. And then a POW after that, shot through the shoulder. But I said his survival, it's, it's not just being a good shot. I, backed up, I spent five chapters at the beginning of the book just going through. This is what you had to do to make it in that family in the Great Depression. You start when he is five years old.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a reason why my grandfather never got out of the eighth grade. In other words, you know, it's just you had to go to work. You, to, you know, mm-hmm. people had to eat. People had to figure out a way to keep a, a roof over over people's heads. You know, I noticed, I, I read a little bit of the bio of the book. One of the thing with, with Harold Frank um, was that his mom gave him a Bible. That he yes. kept during the war, you know. I know when when you're out there and you're an infantryman, uh, you know, every little ounce that you carry on you weighs you down and is a, is a burden of some of sorts. Um, how did that Bible play a role in uh, in Harold Frank's uh, role in World War Two?
5: You can actually, I've I've got the um, the Bible with the museum operation I'm working on now, and you can actually see and. Where it opens automatically to the places that he constantly went back, and of course it concentrates in the Book of John, in John 3:16, you can see the marks um, where he was, and then it, and then inside of it, um, he tore apart his shaving kit and threw all that stuff out um, when he got captured, and made sure that he put that inside of it, and that's why we still have it. That protected, that protected it, and then he wrote down the names of the people that um, was close to him in the POW camps since he was taken to Dresden, which was, you know, firebombed at the end of the war. And he survived a thousand fl- plane firebombing of that, but was forced to work in a um, kind of like a pulpwood for a paper factory, um, 12 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, it's like slave labor um, as a POW. A lot of stories that I had not heard about. As you, a know what's, you know, it's, you know, it's interesting, POW.
2: Mark, um, we're talking to author, author Mark Hager, who uh, is releasing a book on Memorial Day uh, called The Last of the 350th Infantry Harold Frank's World War II Story of Faith and Courage. I'm sitting in my office in Midtown Manhattan, and I have like a miniature little plate. Of Dresden, mm-hmm. it's like a three-inch plate uh, <laughs> that I, because I, I went there a couple of years ago. I toured parts of Germany uh, around Berlin. I went to a concentration camp. I knew about the parts in Dresden that were bombed out, and uh, you know it's very, very um, heart-wrenching when you when you you know go to these places and you realize what these people went through. And I was just talking to my best friend from childhood, Chris Glenn, the other day, and I said, you know, Brad, we're not getting any younger. And I would love to go on one of these tours where they take you through Europe to, you know, the different battles and the different areas where the American soldiers were really uh, outstanding in, in saving the world, uh, you know, we, as you know better than I do, as the author of uh, Harold Frank's World War II story of faith and courage. Before I let you go, Mark, tell people how to buy your book
5: you can get it anywhere you want to. I mean Regnery Publishing is the one that's publishing it but um, worldwide Barnes and Noble, Amazon, um Walmart, uh you name it, you go online and just uh Google um last of the three fifty seventh and it it should be right there. And um you can order it that way. It's gonna be an audio book also, um about any any way that you want. I mean many places I've I've been amazed are are jumping on board with it and featuring it and calling me and can't wait to read it. And we just returned from New Orleans at the National World War II Museum and where they showcase both uh, myself and Harold Frank, of course. He's the he's the person that... The book
2: how, how old is Harold?
5: He'll be 98 in September. And
2: All right.
5: Well, he God he bless only him. takes a vitamin pill.
2: Well, God, God bless him. I, I I, wish him another 98 years as long as he's good and healthy. Mark Hager, thank you so much. Go out there and get that book, The Last of the 357th Infantry, Howard Frank's World War II Story of Faith and Courage. Happy Memorial Day weekend, my friend.
5: Well, thank you. And same to you and to everyone out there in New York. You know, Be safe and, and think about those that didn't make it home.
2: All right. Folks, we'll be back right after this.
6: Make a difference in your life that impacts you for years to come by traveling to Israel this year. Sign up today for the thrill and excitement of visiting the Holy Land this November with nationally syndicated media host Dr. Sebastian Gorka and renowned author and filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com for details and to register. On the tour, you'll step into history with mouth-watering cuisine, picturesque scenes, and magnificent people while visiting over 40 iconic sites and sacred places you've only read and heard about for years. Pray at the Western Wall in Jerusalem. Float in the mineral-rich Dead Sea. And take a boat onto the middle of the Sea of Galilee as you experience something transforming in your life. Call 855-565-5519 to reserve your spot. Again, visit StandWithIsraelTour.com to book your trip today.
1: Is your current home loan the right fit for you? Near historically low rates combined with rising home values means that you could have more home equity than you might imagine. And if you're considering a refi, an expertly chosen loan from Loan Depot could save you thousands. Ask about our smart term loans, cash out, and over 300 loan options to find just the right mortgage loan for you. Call now, 866 88 loan or go to LoanDepot.com. Loan Depot, where home means everything. Rates are subject to change. Equal housing opportunity lender. and MLS number 174457. Licensed in all 50 states.
5: Okay, girls, ready to go? Yeah! Yeah. Mom, I'm hungry. Can I have a snack? Me too, Mommy. You want a snack? Yeah. Is that it?
4: Children learn from our behaviors. Mommy, can you
5: open this, please? All right, hold on one second. Okay. Okay, here.
3: Thank you. They learn
5: what is okay from the adults they see. Mommy, are you on your phone? If you're a distracted driver, (gasps) chances are... They will be too.
3: What kind of driver are you raising? Funded by the Governor's Traffic Safety Committee. <music>
1: There's a lot to learn and understand when getting ready to buy a home. Having a right lending team in place who can help is important. The lending experts at Citizens Bank can answer your questions about home borrowing or how to get started with a mortgage pre-approval. Call Citizens Bank at 212-857-6668, 212-857-6668, and ask a citizen. Mortgages are offered and originated by Citizens Bank NA, a NMLS number 433960 equal housing lender.
0: Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970. The answer.
4: Once upon a time, you dressed so fine. Through the bunker jamb in your prime. Then you. People call, say, beware, doll. You're bound to fall. Nice you thought they were
2: Doesn't feel so good today, folks, but. Let's see if Jim in Brooklyn wants to end the show talking about his dad. Hey, Jim, it's Arthur Idala. How are you?
4: Arthur, you kill it every night, pal. You really do. And your respect for the military is is heart wrenching. You know, my dad was a patent tank commander, his brother, Michael Joe, a third day Iwo Jima Marine. Both of them came home to work for the sanitation department. I was raised by hardworking people. And, you know, when you, you talk about and you look back and you play your music, but it did not like me Steppenwolf Magic Carpet Ride I fly in my helicopter. That was the music we had going. And, it, it, you know, you get it right on every count. Remember the guys who didn't come home. I can't wait to get my hands on the book the gentleman just had. I wrote it down. Can't wait um, to get my hands on it.
2: That's great. All right, oh, Jim. Right. Thanks for uh, checking in and uh, enjoy your family this weekend, folks. uh, As we're signing off, you know, whatever religion you are. And if you're not religious, just, just take a moment of silence and just think about, you know, those families right now, uh, the the parents of those kids, the family members of the 66 year old teacher, the family members of the two police officers who were shot, who hopefully they're going to be in good shape, but that's what the reports are saying. But, you know, this is this is not um, I don't I don't know, but I don't think you hear about this happening in Norway and Finland and Sweden and Scotland and Ireland, because I think if we if 15 kids or 14 kids got killed in those countries, I think we'd hear about it. So we got to take a look in the mirror at ourselves and see what, what are we doing wrong? Because we're definitely doing something wrong, because in a town of 16000 people, 14 little kids shouldn't be executed. So please say a prayer or have a moment of silence. And maybe all of us together thinking of these people will just gives them some comfort in this horrific time. All right. Have a good evening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.